LAS. The LAS Podcast Network is an independent network of local creators based in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com. Hey everyone, Alan here. We're so excited to share this next leg of our journey with you. If you want to keep up with all things Myria, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Myths of Myria. If you enjoy the show, consider sharing it with your friends, or if you have time, reviewing us on Apple Podcasts or whatever other place you listen to us on is a great way to show your support. If you want to show us even more support, head on over to lasmediagroup.com and sign up for LAS Plus, which comes with a whole mess of bonus content, ad-free episodes, post-show wrap-ups, and more. Thank you so much again for sharing the precious pieces of your time with us. And without further ado, welcome to Myria. Just a tiny bit more. Oh yeah, Oregon Trail, let's go. Shadow, her, Abaddon, and with you, Galad, you all find yourselves on that same road. You're out in nature. Trees tower above you in a canopy. You look both ways. No one you can see. You're alone. What do you do? So do we just, like, pick a direction, then? And just start walking? I think we we can. I mean, I, I, I think I, I have to leave. Um, but I, I will be back. I look up at him with, like, the biggest, poutiest puppy dog eyes, and I'm just like, but I just met you. I know. You will meet me again, I promise. Why are you going to leave? I have to go talk to my benefactor. Well, just bring him here. That's not really how it works. He's in Gallivant right now. Well, just bring Gallivant here. That's... Well, we could, but it's not really how it works. You can actually do that. It's a flying city. <gasps> what happens if we fall off? I imagine you die. There's no safeguards. Well, uh, the best safeguard for not dying and not falling off of a uh, floating city is one's own common sense. I don't know, that kind of fails sometimes, I think. Survival of the not walking off the edge is... That's fair. You got me there. Um, He turns to you, Shadow, and he just says... I will ret- return soon. Um, worry not. He pulls out something from his pack and he hands it to you. And it is a small paper crane. And he says, unfold this and write me letters and it will fly to me. And I shall do the same. Thank you. I will see you again someday. And, and the good thing is, we have a way to communicate now, which will hopefully mean that it takes less than 20 or so years next time, which will be good. Oh, yes, very much so. You will do well. Just live for a moment. Take those in. Be here for a moment, okay? And before he finishes his sentence, I'll hug him. Okay. He, he holds you very close. You can't feel the pressure as much as you'd like to, but you 
do see him wrap his arms around you, mm-hmm. um, and he just says, while he's next to you, he's like, I love you very much, and I will see you soon. And um, he steps away, um, and he raises his sword into the sky, and he says, All right, later. And a bolt of lightning just slams into the ground, and like you feel like ozone meet your nostrils for those of you who have nostrils, (laughs) and uh, he's gone. My ears, ow. I'm just standing there holding the paper crane for a second, just looking at it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I pull my hand in and I just put it in my satchel. Mm-hmm. <sighs> well, then, this is oddly reminiscent of a time before for me at some sort of crossroads. <laughs> Where are we? I can tell hmm. you where north is. The trees are green, uh, so very obviously it's not fall or winter um, in, in this place where you are, mm-hmm. right? Um, this is this is uncommon in a place like Evanvale right now, where it is closer to fall or winter. Gotcha. You have a sense of where north is. According to my. Uh feet that I can't remember the name of at the moment. I always know where north is and I always know what time it is. Yep. It oh. is roughly 8.25 a.m. Key in mind. I always know which way is north. And oh. um, north is to the right side of your path. North is, and she turns to the right that way. She points. If we want to go north, that is. We can just go wherever. Well, I guess, do we want to go towards civilization? Do we know where civilization is? I would look towards the ground and see, is there, I mean, there's like a pathway, mm-hmm. but is there one direction that is more worn than the other? Or It looks like the, um, so I don't know if you necessarily know what direction um, traffic travels on the side of a road mm-hmm. uh, for Levitica. Why don't you go ahead and roll me, actually, no, you would. Uh, you would know that Levitica travels on the right sides of roads. Um, okay. There does seem to be a lot of footprints along this road, but it's also cobbled, so it's kind of difficult to make any discernation about that. Sure. However, you do see that the right side is slightly more tamped um, okay. here. So it looks like there are like, like a lot of people maybe recently have traveled south. Interesting. Okay. Would it help if I got a better view? Can you do that? How? Oh my god, you have portals. Right! Um, And then if I can, I'm going to portal myself up as high as I can, and then back through the portal to where I am, just to get a bird's eye view. You jump up, and you summon a portal beneath you, and you drop through, and you use the momentum to push you upwards out of another portal very high above. And as you do so, you see a landscape like you've never seen before in your life. As you just pierce your eyes beyond this, this veil of trees, you see almost in, in every direction these trees stretch into infinity. Um, large, small, there are banks of stone that form juts of mountains and things of that sort. Um, this, the sun is high in the sky, um, and as you look north, there is this magnificent archway 
on the very edge of the horizon. Um, when I am, you know, feet yeah, and then you you go back through the portal and you come back to your normal standing position. Um, still kind of in awe and unable to articulate. I'm just going to point north. Yeah. Uh, and go. I'm guessing we want to go that way. Then let's carry on. Then um, I suggest we stick to the roads mainly. But if we hear or see anything, we can shuffle off as need be. Hmm. Um, how far away is it? Do you think? How far away do I think it is? Roll me a nature check. Uh, okay. Or so, actually, roll me survival. Survival. Yeah. Right I think survival's You're good at that. Uh, three. Yeah, that's pretty normal. Well, you've uh, never been, like, this isn't the, the way you normally four. track stuff, right? Like, your tracking is not of gauging distances. Wait, oh. you said survival? Our proficiency yeah. bonus went up, by the oh, way. Oh, okay, 10. Um, so, <clears throat> uh, so uh, basically, you have a general idea of how far this might be. It may be a couple miles. Um, but it's hard to know because your perspective is kind of angled over the top of trees and usually you measure things in like kind of like a tempoed pace that you keep in the underdark of like how quick you're moving and walking and things like that, right? But like this thing is not the same for, um, or it's it's not as easy for you, but you assume it's a couple miles away. Yeah. I think I'll walk just off the path and I'm going to gesture to the moss growing at my feet mm. and be like, I don't, I don't want to obscure the path for others. Makes sense. Mm. Yeah. Then let's go. Can I get on your shoulders? Because there's something that I want to draw, so I don't forget it. Um, sure. Okay. And then I reach out my hand to help, just like, if you I hop absolutely hop. clamor up onto you, like, the most ungraceful way possible. Nice. Nice. Very good. Uh, okay. So, you all travel for a fairly long amount of time. Um, it is longer than a couple miles. Um, not to Abaddon's fault, though, uh, I will say. Uh, is there anything anyone would like to do as you're walking before we get to our next beat? Can I say what I'm drawing? Yeah. Um, it is the perception of the last moment of Oracle before she got bisected with every portal mm. in the background drawn in detail. Okay. All right. That's like on my head. Yeah. It's in a book. It's in, it's in my journal. Oh, yeah. I thought you were describing it on your Yeah, head. she's not drawing it directly on it's your like, nog. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. If I'm drawing anything Metal. at all, it's in the journal. <laughs> but, like, the portals behind her are in great detail. Her expression is in, like, vivid, vivid detail. Yeah. She didn't have eyes, did she? Oracle? Yeah. No. So there's not really an expression. It's just the helmet. You all continue on. And as you do so, eventually you come upon an odd sight. You, you're walking, maybe it's about five or six miles beyond where you first started. And as you get upon maybe the sixth mile, who's on the road? Shadow and her? I'm on his shoulder. So yeah, so I Shadow, and then Abaddon is just off to the road to the right side. As you are walking, you see off to the left side of the road, maybe about 100 feet in front of you, a large white stone tower, roughly three feet t- or three stories tall. Um, 
that is just seemingly slapped along the side of the road. And as you start to approach it, you get this kind of like uneasy feeling. These are the first people that you're going to experience outside of Eden. Or do you have to experience them at all? You're not sure. Mm-hmm. Either way, it's there. You all, Val, Bondag, Lilith, are standing in a thoroughfare. A street on the edge of a city. You look out upon it. The city, Ebonvale, is built on an errant mountain's form. The mountain itself lies in two pieces, sundered long ago by some ancient force. One piece of it still stands proud. The other tilts on its face, and the entire city is built in that stone. A large um, ramp goes down and kind of spirals off the side to go down to the lowlands, towards the Leolel woods that stretch far beyond outside the city. You look to the north, you see a giant ridge of mountains covered in snow far away. Built on this internal facet is the bustling city of Ebonvale itself. On the very tip of the southern side of that same face, you see a massive Gothic church standing high above every other building, blanketed in snow. You look around, and there's a couple different shops around you. Um, However, uh, just to the right of you, you see kind of like a bustling uh, tavern, a bar. Um, Above it, you can see a sign that seems to have been painted in with with some haste over top of of this bar, and it's called the Steppin' Stones. And you are, are kind of taking in this information, and it is just about twilight, Right? The sun is cresting downwards, and you can tell that soon the golden hour will be upon you. And the night sky is just about to start churning into dark. As you are standing here, people start moving into the stepping stones, coming out of the stepping stones, and you hear crying out over the top of all other voices um, this, like very, very uh, shrill voice and you just hear support the Varro's cause of creating an Ebonvale standing army our city has been attacked by armies, been the subject of looters and plunderers and even attacked by internal thought to be allies that intend to do harm to our people rally support from your houses for article 188472 remember 47-2, support our troops! 
and uh, you see this crier that is like walking through with a guard next to him. Um, the crier has a set of very fancy royal blue clothes with patterned trim. Uh, they have a large set of white stockings that go up their legs with spats over their shoes. Uh, additionally, they have a three-pointed black hat and a quarter of a red rock feather in it, which, because it's a rock, um, is still quite very large. Um, they hold a scroll of paper neatly uncreased in front of them, reading it off as they walk. Um, Val, you see that there is a guard from the Vero, the exact ones that you know of, but they're they're moving through the streets, uh, oddly enough. You, you don't see them pass through the streets very often, um, but for everybody else, the race and gender of this guard is hidden by an angular steel helmet, as is the rest of their body, covered in an impeccable set of steel armor. They have large, um, white bear pelt cloaks that rest around their shoulders and a length of silken rope that's tied uh, to their belt Um, and uh, they hold relaxed in their grip but always at the ready a familiarly designed frost laden sword currently sheathed Um, they walk through the city and start passing by you are they wearing do I see the the necklace every single one of them has a gold chain and at the very bottom it looks like a um a sapphire blue V that uh, attaches both ends of the chain. Um, I'm going to put down the mask. Yep. I say to her. Yep, to Lilith. What is your name, little one? Lilith. Yours, sir? Banda. It's nice to meet you. I nod my head. Um, I, I do know. Uh, I have some contacts around here. Um, I think this is probably the best one to start with. Follow me. And I lead us to Caius's house. And I stop him. And I say, how are my kind received here? Um, what I, I mean, they would... Orcs would be okay, right? I mean, it's a oh yeah. Um, Ebonvale is actually specifically the reason that Ebonvale is the way that it is is because many cities outside of Ebonvale view these like you know they they're not as welcoming to other different races, right? Um, some people have had very poor interactions with orcs. Some people have had very poor interactions with goblins. Ebonvale itself was constructed by four separate families of different races that wanted it to be a melting pot for different trade routes between. Eastern Antillanon, Western Antillanon, and the southern countries and things like that so that people could come to Ebonvale, trade, and and everybody, when you're in Ebonvale, you're not supposed to be hostile to anyone. Um, and over time, that has fostered a sense of security for many other people who don't find security elsewhere. Val smiles and puts a hand on your shoulder says, you'll be all right. Something to consider, sir. You do remember that you are still dead, right? It's very possible that you are rotting in the ground somewhere mm-hmm. in this city. Mm-hmm. So, um... Uh, Val, as you are... I, I, Val points at the mask. As you pull down the mask, uh, this guard, like, stops in their tracks and stares at you. Can I help you? He walks over and he just says, You seem familiar. We just got in. I don't know how that would be. From where? Out. Do you have your papers, your identification? Um, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think they're in the inn. Well, I can stand out here and wait for you. 
Yeah, absolutely. And he turns over to the crier. The crier is just, support the Varos! And he slaps him on the shoulder. He goes, ow! Oh, what? And the guard just says, stand there and shut up. And the crier just says, I'm just doing my... And he just says, shut up! And he turns and he looks at you. And he says, go. Yeah. And I... I signal to head into the bar. Okay. You signaled... You, you head into the bar. And as we walk in, I just go, we're going out the back door. Okay, um, should we be, should I, are we in trouble already? We'll see. <laughs> Who are you? Val uh, just smiles and winks. And you. In the one eye you can see through the mask. <laughs> you, you step into the bar. It's the Groove Live Podcast, everybody. What is groove, you may ask? It can be summed up so easily. Like, I mean, some people brew beer, some fish, people like play music, a good sticky they rice, like to, uh, uh, fishy in there, they like to they like to sauce, they like to peanut butter sauce, dreams, spaghetti sauce, drawing, speaking, barbecue sauce. Did I say, I think I already said that one. Oh, you're a griller. <laughs> Everyone's a fucking griller. Spearing. Spearing? What the hell is spirit? There's nothing better than just sitting outside on my swing in front of my house with my beautiful wife, having a nice glass of red vino, and watching the sun go down. Now that's groove. I kind of said that with an Italian accent because, I don't know, try and say vino with no accent. It's not possible. The Groove Life Podcast is produced and distributed by the LAS Media Network in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more information, visit GrooveLifePod.com. You can also get bonus content, extended interviews, and ad-free versions of the show, as well as benefits throughout the community and across the network by subscribing to LAS Plus. For more information, visit LASMediaNetwork.com slash plus. The Groove Life comes out every other Monday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you find your podcasts. Hello guys, my name is Devin Green and this is The Innovative Creative, a podcast dedicated to helping designers and clients better understand design using an alternative way of thought. I've been designing for 16 plus years and I felt that people need this knowledge. Whether you are a new or an experienced designer, I can give you tips that can better help your design journey. I also know that clients sometimes have a hard time working with designers. This is my way to help clear the confusion. Join me on your favorite podcasting platform as I dive into design tips, communication tactics, and much more. I release episodes every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, on my website at innovativecreative.fm and wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast is proudly produced and distributed by the LAS Podcast Network right here in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. The Innovative Creative is free to listen to, but if you want bonus content and to support local creators, subscribe to LAS+. For more information on that, head on over to LASPodcastNetwork.com. L-A-S. Abaddon. Her. Shadow. 
you come upon this white tower on the road and you see it's very obviously lived in. Um, everybody roll me a perception check. Sixteen. Mm, good number. Twenty-three. Good number. Eight. Okay. Oh. Her is engrossed in drawing. Absolutely. Uh, Makes sense. Actually, though, Shadow and Abaddon, you both see that right off to the side of the of the tower is a small tent. Um, do I still have my poncho? You do. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm assuming that you had taken it. Yeah. Um, if did did you want to take yes. it from the? Yeah. Okay. Um, cool. I'm gonna pull my hood up. Um, yeah. Kind of cover as much of my face as I can. Sure. This dark purple poncho um, has been kind of like laid over top of you. It covers you down probably about to the waist. Um, and then you kind of just pull the hood up over it and this kind of like slick material um, covers your head and you pull the drawstrings just a little bit on the front to cinch, cinch down just a small amount. Do I have any markings on me? Like I know that I don't have like a Levitican rank symbol on me, but I have yeah. a Levitican symbol on my other shoulder. You look over to your left shoulder, and the entirety of your left shoulder has been covered in black and gold filigreed metal. Gotcha. Um, okay. Also, my leg the, is there. The, the symbol of Levitica has been basically removed from you because of you melding with the armor of war. Gotcha. Okay. I would, uh, as we're approaching, um, I just clear my... It sound like I clear my throat. Mm -hmm. I don't really have to clear my throat, but just like trying to get her attention, just it seems as though there's some civilization. Um, Should probably set you down. Why? I'm not saying that I am expecting anything to happen, but if you were on my shoulders, if anything were to happen, it's probably not the best spot. As you are having this conversation, uh, I need everybody to roll me another perception check. Oh, boy. Nine. Mm-hmm. Twelve. Sixteen. Mm-hmm. Her, you, at this moment, are attentive, and uh, Shadow and Abaddon are kind of messing with their things to try and become maybe more discreet or notify other people. But as they do that, you become attentive, and you look up, and you try and find what Shadow's talking about. You see this tower off in the distance, and all of a sudden, you just see two people walk out of it, and the tower just (laughs) collapses into the ground. What? Whoa! I yell over, how did you do that? (laughs) As you start to yell, uh, this this one woman uh, has this kind of like long, uh, flowing dress, uh, but she also has this straw hat that kind of comes out over her shoulders mm-hmm. that just sits sits on top of her head. Uh, she's pretty tall, about six two, um, but she is uh, she's just kind of looking back at it. She puts her hands on her hips and she just shakes her head, uh, and uh, it looks like she hasn't heard you just quite yet. Do I need to be louder? Yes. How uh, did you do that? <laughs> and I like re- like you, hear the inhale and just yeah. Oh, oh no! no. <laughs> I just like try to put my hand over. Yep. You fail. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, and and with that, you see this woman turn back towards you, her, uh, and and she kind of like cocks her head to the side and sees you riding on this this you know armored man's shoulders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and she just kind of 
waves sheepishly. Um, she's a tall, lithe woman with blue teal hued skin. Roughly 6'2, she has fin like ears and wears a, br- a wide brimmed straw hat that protects her face from the sun. Her hair is kept together behind her head and under the hat with seaweed wraps that bind it, though the end of her ponytail sways with her movement as if she's still underwater, wavering and splaying with gravity-defying physics. Her eyes glow with an odd blue iridescence, almost unnervingly so, and it's kind of difficult to see where she's looking, unless she's looking directly at you, which she is, and uh, the glow kind of obfuscates any pupils that might meet your eyes. She wears a long flowing yellow dress, loosely fit around her and tied at the midsection with a dark brown belt. It seems to have been uh, girded at her knees to keep out any flora that might meet her legs, um, and her feet are covered in knee-high hiking boots, uh, and she also carries a small light green bag at her side. She just waves and she she kind of like holds up her hand to her ear, motioning like she can't hear you. And then the other man that is next to her kind of like pulls out like puts his hand on what you can now see is a sword on his left side. Uh, and as as you see him, uh, he is a bulky olive-skinned elf, uh, obviously very muscular, even though he wears a sturdy half-plate armor that covers his entire body. His hair is warm, red, uh, and it's cut short with very little skill, it's almost as if he just like has whatever he has that's sharp with him at the time, he just cuts it real short with very little skill. Uh, it looks as though he just haphazardly keeps it that way, and he has dark rings up under his eyes that show a very haggard attentiveness. Um, Shadow, for those who know what to look for, this is very obviously the sign of a soldier who is hyper-vigilant throughout the night, looking out for their companions, but mm-hmm. suffers from a lack of rest because of it. He has two other rather outstanding pieces of garmentry, one being a finely crafted sword that he keeps braced horizontally along the small of his back, the sheath and hilt made of white gilded uh, wood, and it is obvious that they have been cleaned of blood many times as persistent yellow-red splotches have been unsuccessfully removed from them time and time and time again. His second piece of garmentry, which stands out a little bit more, is a sling that covers his chest made of silken white material, and poking its head out of the sling is a young dog with gray fur. He pulls out some jerky from a pouch on his hip, and he starts tearing it into small pieces, handing it to the dog in bits, and the fabric sling betrays the dog's expressively wagging tail. Yes. He does so, he did that right before he grabbed his sword. Oh, that's so cute. Shadow, what is that? The the dog? What is a dog? Oh, goodness. Man's best friend. There's a wealth of knowledge out here for you. <laughs> as you um, as you are approaching, the woman looks over, seems to be having a small conversation with the man, and then she moves over to the tent, and she like pokes her head in and takes her hat off, pokes her head in, and then like shakes the tent a little bit. And then you see... Uh, that she comes back out, says something else to this man, and then they both kind of just stand there, and she waves you over. Put me down, put me down, put me down. Oh, now you want down. <laughs> Fine. Shut up. And so then I take her and put her down. Yeah. Uh, as you are put down, an, a woman steps out of this tent. Um, I'm so excited for this one. I love, I love this one. Uh, a human woman which we would, in our earthly terminology, note as someone of Eastern Asian descent, 
stands before you. She has illustrious black hair pulled into a messy bun, and she is wearing a set of large black glasses, which only serve to frame her obviously wide and wonder-filled brown eyes. She has a set of brown freckles that fleck her face in a broad paint stroke from cheek to cheek. Her clothing is simple, and she wears durable canvas-looking grays and blues. Additionally, she has a rather large backpack that seems to be exuberantly carried, uh, very excited to do so, and a journal that never leaves her left hand. And if you look closely enough, she even has a holster for her journal under her left arm, braced around her torso with a custom leather harness. That's awesome. That's so cool. Uh, You hear, as she kind of stands up and she looks over towards all of you, uh, you just hear this this kind of like loud, um, joyful voice just, hello, come Hi. over. Okay. Um, we... I'm gonna flank sh- like behind Shadow. And this is coming from the, uh, from the woman with the large glasses. I'm okay. like happy as a clam, trotting okay. over. Okay, you all trot over a- as you can. Uh, just an awkward half smile on my face of just like, yeah. mm, hi. <laughs> Whatever smile you can provide with your Warforged yeah. body. Uh, you may all roll me insight checks. Wait. 13. 13. I rolled a nat 20. Whoa! Oh. So that's a 14, or sorry, 24. 24. 24. Okay. Um, the DC was 20. Uh, so that's good to know. Um, her... As you are moving over, and you are kind of gaining a little bit of perspective because you are the first there, you see Shadow moving forward. And as he does so, the man with the sword is continuously turning his body to be in a perfect defensive stance aimed at Shadow wherever Shadow's moving. Is it like continuously, obvious? continuously, it's 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 subtle, but like you see that like as he does so, his hand is always resting on his sword. And the dog is always turned away from Shadow. Oh, Bubby. Um, I, are you behind me, just like coming up? Mm-hmm. Um, I hold out my hand for you and I just say, Dad, let's go. Uh, um, I'd like shake my head and just, I. My hand is just like. Roll me a oh. persuasion check. He, or actually, roll me a deception. Well, he's not technically not but, my dad. But I mean, okay, so that's why you can choose persuasion or deception, your choice. Really so, my, um, besides strength, charisma was also my dump stat. Mm-hmm. So I have a plus one either way. Very cool. Do it. Do, do either deception or persuasion your choice. God damn. Can I give advantage if I'm like, hey, get, go on, and I like push Shadow forward? Uh, what, what exactly are you doing to persuade this person that Shadow is hers dad? But is he not? I'm not. That's not the question. Okay. Uh, is it like an acknowledgement of like yes? When she says dad, if he's not paying attention, I'll like nudge him and be like, it's you. I'll say I'll g I don't think that that's that's gonna be an ad- advantage, but like if if Shadow does something that utilizes that or adds on to that, I will give her advantage. Off of that? Off of the nudge? Any, anything you want. Like it could be off the nudge or it could be. Yeah. Um, Take advantage of it. Sure. I would just be. I, I just set you down. What what else do you need, dear? <laughs> <laughs> um, as much as that was cute as fuck, that's a very very much not going to be an advantage <laughs> roll. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. I can give myself advantage anyway. Okay. Oh, oh, that's a 19. So 20. wow. Okay. Um, 
Wow, this guy's character arc just shifted radically. Um, uh, you gain some perspective. You, you see him kind of relax a little bit, in truth. Uh, as you get over there, Hold the the woman, yeah. um, the woman that has the Thank large you. glasses, uh, kind of trots up in front of these people, and she holds her hand out very like exuberantly, and she just says, uh, "Hello, my name is Akane Felice." Hi, my name is Her. Nice to meet you. And she shakes your hand very vigorously. Uh, where do you come from? Um, we're travelers, so we kind of come from all over. Oh, well, would you like to travel with us? Where are you going? We're heading to Equus. Where's that? What's that? It's a city that's just north of here. No, I mean, like, what is it? It's uh, just, like, a city? Is that it? It is. It's a city just north of here. Um, yeah, I actually came over to ask how one of your friends got rid of that tower, because it looked really cool. Oh, uh, and she motions over. Angela! And uh, the the woman who is the um, the the Triton that you 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 saw earlier, mm-hmm. um, the the merfolk person, right? Yeah. Uh, she uh, kind of motions over and she she just says, "I am a transmutation wizard, and I am learning how to do different um, well, uh, let's just say um, public infrastructure works, and I am." Um, trying to get better at it, and I just can't seem to get these damn towers to stay! And she turns over, and the man just says, You'll get it eventually. It's it's going great so far. Keeping it there for eight hours is great. That's a long time. That's uh, like a whole state. I would say so. Yeah. Um, you guys all seem really cool. Sorry, we just kind of like are popping in and out of different places, and... We don't really know the area, so it's nice to see friendly faces on the road. Um, the person who, who you know, notified themselves as Akane, uh, they turn over to Abaddon and they say, Hello, uh, my name is Akane Felice. Hi. She offers her hand out to you. What's Ab- yours? Abaddon. Um, and Abaddon will hold her hand out next to it. She grabs your hand and she kind of wiggles it back and forth as you very limply do not grasp hers as you shake her hand. Hey. Thank you. Um, and you. And she like kind of springs over towards Shadow. Mm-hmm. She offers her hand out to you as well and she says, Akane Felice. I'm Shadow. Nice to meet you, Shadow. It's I... a, That's a good name for your armor. I... I suppose it is. Thank you. No, he is the arm. Oh. She shakes her head really excitedly. Isn't it cool? She looks over towards the elf man, and the elf man just kind of like widens his eyes, and he resumes his defensive stance. I guess if we're laying things so plainly, sorry. I am a warforged. Oh, uh, yeah, and and then the man kind of like very much backs up a little bit, and uh, you see the the Triton just look over to him and roll her eyes, and she just says, "Oh my God, Haleth, calm down. This is they have everything under control. You're fine." And Haleth just like very clearly does not calm down. Abaddon, <laughs> um, I'm gonna remove my hood and I'm gonna go. Well. It's not really fair to judge one based on the acts of their race or the many. Uh, yeah, as you say that, Akane just says, 
I agree. I think that Hyleth has just had some not-so-great experiences with Warforged before, so his trepidation is... not necessarily of his own. That's okay. Can I approach him? You can, yeah. Warforged killed my whole family, and yet I can't seem to make myself hate this one. He looks down at you, like with these like very obviously haggard eyes, right? And he kind of looks down at you with almost like confusion at first. Why? Because I think he has a soul. Perhaps I have much more to learn about Warforged then. Um, and he kind of he kind of relaxes a little bit again, but like he is definitely wavering between tension and untension. Um, his mind is obviously a little frayed from the lack of rest as well, and so like he's like tensing up and like. Like, he has these moments of, like, lucidity where he's like, okay, I gotta be ready. And then he, like, rests for a moment. He's like, oh, I'm not being ready. And then he, like, tenses up. It's very much like a a triggered response of making sure that he's, like, always on, you know? I'm gonna hold my hand out towards the sling on him, and I'm gonna go, what's this creature's name? Um. <laughs> uh. This is Treebark. Is Treebark friendly? Oh. Treebark is friendly. And he pulls out a portion of jerky and he rips off maybe like a tiny piece for you and he hands it to you. Give this to him. Oh. Treebark. And he points at, at your hand. I'll and Treebark hand. like sniffs his fingers and then he leads his fingers over your hand. And Treebark just <laughs> eats, eats the jerky out of your hand and he just sniffs around and you have this like wet nose that just like leaves trails in your in your hand of like dog nostril snot, but it's adorable. Treebark is this is this light gray dog, but he's small. He's obviously um, not a large breed. Um, and yeah, it's just, he's small. Uh, kind of, he's, he's like a... Oh my gosh! What's um, what's the what's the dog? The gray one that has like the whiskers that come off the side that terrier. look like a, a terrier. Mm-hmm. He's a terrier. Oh, yeah. hello, Treebark. Yes, I'll just like kind of. Um, I found him. I found him on the on the road as we walked, and um, I just couldn't bear to see him there. Well, he makes quite a handsome companion. I I would say so. Uh, and uh, as you as you say this, um. Like Akane has just started to go over and started to tear up this tent, and very obviously they are not supremely skilled at doing so. But it, they eventually pack it all up and saddle it onto the back of their huge, already like full to bursting backpack, mm-hmm. and they attach it so, and they reheave this like probably sixty pound pack onto their back again, and they just say, uh, "All right, uh, is everybody ready to go?" If you want, I can carry that. If we're going the same direction anyways. Oh yeah, no. he's super strong. Oh. No, I refuse. Okay. How will I know what everybody else has to go through if I don't do it myself? Do you do it every day? Uh-huh. Well, then you already know. But they have to do it every day. So then why can't we do it today? Well. And then you do it tomorrow. It's very admirable of them. That's true. 
I, I, I should enforce me. I'd rather I'd rather do it myself if that's okay. Yeah, that's fine. All right. I mean, you don't need my permission. Shoot. Um. Well, for everybody else's information, we're heading off to Equus. Uh, we have to get back there, and um. I, I'm heading back to the center capital of Levitica. Is Equus in Levitica? It is. Where are we right now? Well, we're currently on the southern road headed towards Equus. We basically Equus is the ceremonial entrance to Levitica. Oh. And you, you're a you're a knight of Levitica. Oh no, I'm an orator. What's that? Um, probably the closest thing to a politician. Um, that that you probably know of. I, Morgan, am, like, on the edge of my seat. Like, <laughs> I want to like this person so bad, but that just kind of pushed it over the edge. But her is like, oh, that's cool. What is yeah. a politician? I don't know. Um, well... They're in dealings uh, with other individuals. My Like a merchant. Specifically, well, no. Uh, policies are made for different cities from all over Levitica. So different things like how much food does this city get? Or things like how much money do they get for infrastructure? These type of things are decided at a large governmental level, and then they are disseminated out to the different cities um, through through those, you know, those decisions. So you got, like, all the power. No, no, no. I'm one of the people that goes to the cities, and what I wanted to do was go to different places and make sure that those people were heard. And if I walk and I teleport around, then I'm just like the politicians that aren't actually listening to people. I want to walk on the roads because that's what everybody else has to do. Hmm. So how will I know what decisions to make if I don't do it? How new are you with this politician thing? I think I've been here for about two years. I hope to see you flourish in your role. And have you as know, much optimism going forward. As much as I would like myself to flourish, I would probably much rather the people of Levitica flourish. All the people. As many as I can help get flourishing. I have a question. Yes. Not related to that. Okay. Is there a library in Echoes that has spells that I could write down? I think there is, actually. Because I recently discovered that I can just like write spells that I can cast, and that's really cool, oh. and I want one. Are you a wizard? I hold up my book. Yes. Oh, I see. Are you a wizard? I'm not. Oh. But I like wizardry. Do you have any wizards with you right now? She holds out her hand in jazz hands towards uh, Angela. Oh, with the tower. Okay. Angela just kind of like does, she does like the vogue frame of her face (laughs) and she's like, transmutation wizard. Oh, you literally said that. I don't know how I forgot that. That was a very exciting conversation. <laughs> I'm sorry. Do you want to swap spells? Oh, sure. I do time magic. Uh, what? I do time magic. She turns over towards uh, Akane and then back to Haleth, and both of them have these wide-eyed expressions, and Angela just looks and says, definitively. Okay. If you show me how to do that tower thing, I will show you um, how to slow down time. All right. But like in a little area. Uh, okay. Um, at, at, for the sake of meta, you may write down Galder's Tower yes. in, in your book. Thank you. And I will say that she now has slow. Ooh. Said ooh, girl. 
got me like a Galder's Tower. Yeah. <laughs> what level is that? Uh, it's a level three. Okay. Does she have any other spells besides Galder's Tower? That's the one that you're offered. Fuck. <laughs> okay, fine. You get no spells. No, no, no. I was just curious. <laughs> no, 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 no. Let me tell you something. Wait, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> <laughs> um, as you are all walking, I'm assuming you start to do so, mm-hmm. um, and we have this conversation as we go, uh, Akane turns to you, Abaddon, and she just says, you seemed interested in helping people too when I said so. Um, I think, uh, I would like to be a help, but I think that my path might lie more in the destructive end of things. I think a lot of people think that before they start trying to find ways for those destructive things to help. You said you're... You help decide the things that goes on in the government of Leviticus. Yeah. So you have knowledge of the things in the government of Levitica. Yeah, and many of them that I want to stop because I don't like them. And I'm trying to figure out ways that I can do that. And one of them is trying to make sure that other people are heard. I can only start small, but whatever I can do, I will. things do you not like that they do? Well, my father was a farmer, and once Leviticus started not needing really any farmers anymore, we had a hard time. The transition was really difficult because, you know, once Leviticus started just being able to generate food out of nothing, there's not really a lot of use for farmers anymore. My mom left him because she thought he was dead end, and I mean... As cruel as it was, it wasn't really wrong, right? But at the same time, he was pretty stubborn, and he didn't really leave there. So he passed away when I was really young, and he didn't have a lot of food to eat because nothing really grew anymore. Because, well, once farming's obsolete, they don't really make farming tools. And once, you know, farming tools are obsolete, farming becomes way harder. And so it's, it was very difficult for us, and I remember him really fondly because he would always make sure that I had enough to eat, um, and he always ate after me. But that's the problem, that when you don't have a lot to eat and you give it all to your kid, you don't really have anything. Um, he passed away from malnutrition um, uh, maybe when I was about 10. So, so I got... sorry. Uh, thanks. I appreciate that. But... I don't really want to think of it in a in a bad way because, you know, it it's not good. But, you know, he was really selfless and he really wanted to help me get better and, and, and you know make sure that I was taken care of. So I want to take what he wanted and make sure everybody else is taken care of as well. But the transition was really rough, and I got sent to um, school in Faradil. Um, and I got a great education, and that's one of the great things that Levitica does do, is that it offers awesome education to lots of different kids for free. Um, but the bad thing was that the transition for people who weren't easily accessible to that, that central education was really bad. And so me going out here and trying to hear people and live other lives that weren't necessarily ones that I experienced when I was growing up in Faradil, that's really important to me because I want to make sure that no one else has to live like we did. I had a a very stubborn father as well in mm. his old ways. Dads, am I right? 
I look over at Shadow. <laughs> yeah. Stubborn dads. <laughs> oh. Am I right? <laughs> it's. What did your dad do? He was an academic. He, um, <laughs> okay. He. When Levitica. You know, started delving deeper into their, you know, magic and whatnot. Um, there was th- he, his field research. There was no, there wasn't really a need. They didn't. Mm. Um, Once they have everything mapped out with machines, it's a lot more easy to not have to worry about those people with those professions. He and my mom ran away from Leviticus just to do field research. It's not uncommon, but imagine if people like them would have been helped if they saw that those jobs were being made obsolete based on what they were doing, perhaps those people could have been helped a lot more. And imagine if Levitica had had if the research that they did was remarkable in in plants, in um, in just everything, in the, in the creatures they saw. Do you still have that research? Uh, and I'll hold my almanac and kind of oh. pat it in my hand. Would, do you mind? Can I, could I make a copy of that? Um, I would prefer you just to read it. Okay, if that's what you want. I mean, like, D- but imagine what good this could do for people. I'll tell you what. If you, I can, I'll have you around. If what, what, you, what if you win stick me with over me? a little more, then I'll let you. Okay. Make a copy. How can I? How can I win you over more? <laughs> tell me what you want to do to change Levitica. I want to hear people, and I want to help all people, people. those who need it. Uh, so the reason I... She kind of looks over at uh, Angela and Haleth, and she says, I don't like sleeping in the tower because people with not a lot, they have to sleep on the ground. They don't have homes. And in journeys like this, I want to sleep like the people who don't have enough. I want to sleep like those who don't... who, who are the, the lowest in our society. There are because some lower. Who else is lower? There are those that Levetica fights to oppress. Tell me. She looks at you with these like, like these like watery, like misty eyes. Like, like as you tell her someone else has it worse, she's like, that's not, that's not okay. And she like, like, like pulls out this notebook that she has under her holster. She opens it up and she like grabs a, piece of charcoal and she like says tell me and she starts getting ready to write things is down. Is it responsible to give him that information? Well, my, in their research my parents heard rumors of some people who were born of magic. Oh. I think I've heard of them. Um, recently I believe that there have been some people who have been worried about people called evagens? Evi- Evorgens? <laughs> It's a vines. Oh. I'm gonna... I'm curious about her, if... if she is... Like, her intent. Yeah. If I'm, I'm, I want to try and discern if this is, like, her being genuine or if it's kind of a front. Sure. Um, I've personally run into few... As Shadow, run into few people that are this genuine... And yeah, this concern for people. Yeah, so, I think that's totally fair. Yeah, you should. You can roll me an insight check if you'd like. Ten. Is it? Is it flat ten? Yep. Yeah, it's hard to read. Um, <laughs> I, I would say. I would say. Take it at face value. Um, mm-hmm. I think that. Uh, 
she says a lot of good things, but maybe she hasn't earned it from you yet. Uh, and that's okay. That's reasonable, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of people who have said nice things to you that have lied, right? And yeah. so I think that um, let it let it play. Let yeah. it play out. Maybe maybe make another discernation in a little bit. Yeah. She, she holds up her notebook ready to write down anything. And, and, like, as you look back at a couple other pages as she flips through them, she, like, has very distinct notes. She just says... Uh, something like gnomes, loam, not enough infrastructure, uh, not no no central travel hub, uh, and then she just has like little things like that where it's like these things would be necessary for this place. These things would be necessary for this place. Um, in their in their research, my parents heard of a of a prison that was used to hold those Avian creatures. Oh, uh, she starts writing down. Um, wow, uh, is that in the book? Uh, it's in it's in a different one. Oh, okay, of course. And she starts writing down prison for a viands question mark. Why? What did they do? I think it's more of just a lack of understanding, and you know how people are with things that they fear and things that they don't understand. What do you know? About Avians. You said you've heard of them before, right? Well, I, I think that I've heard some... In some of my meetings, they... Someone brought up... It was weird. Someone in one of the council meetings said, should we talk about the... And I think they actually said the name. Evergence. Evigens? Evigens? I don't know what it is. But, it sounded dumb. I was like, that does not sound like the right word. That almost sounds a little dirty, and well, I don't like it. Evigens. Evian. They said Evian, well, no, they said the the naughty word, and then, but, so they mispronounced it, and then someone else whispered in their ear, and then they just didn't say anything else. So maybe we shouldn't, I speak aside to Avaram, and I'm just like, if I get a question about this, we could be putting them in serious danger, because maybe they're not supposed to know about this. Well, hold on, I can put you in as anonymous, uh, anonymous uh, notifiers, so. That doesn't mean that people How much power do you hold in the Vinipsay? I'm. Well, I'm not, I'm not incredibly powerful, but I'm trying to get more weight. And, you know, the more people that I can inspire to believe that I'm a, I'm a good orator, the better I can, the more people I can have behind me. Can I do an insight check on her? Sure. I want to believe her so bad. Everyone's like, politician, kind of sus. <laughs> can I also do an insight check? Yeah. Because I'm... Yeah. If all of you are sus. feeling like she is kind I of sus. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably about the same for all of you. She's saying a lot of nice things, but a lot of people have said nice things to you that they have lied about before. Maybe we shouldn't talk about it, considering it's obsolete now. She kind of like, as I'm, she hears I'm whispering you say that, this, I'm whispering, then roll me a stealth clear. check. I'm whispering this to Abaddon. Roll I, me a stealth. She is actively right next to Abaddon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Me looking if I have the message spell. I don't. Why am I rolling so bad today? <laughs> I'm putting this in dice jail. What What did you roll? Nine. Nine? Can I okay. roll it? If you want to use one of your things on I it. I would love to. Yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. 14. 14? It's probably still not enough, but it's better than a nine. She obviously just says, she closes the book and she just says, you know what? And she looks at you, Abaddon. Maybe you can... I'm feeling a, a little bit written out right now. Maybe you can tell me later. 
And it's very obvious that she heard her and wanted to be polite. Mm. Very well. Right, does that not get too heavy? Oh no, it's incredibly heavy. I've gotten a lot stronger, and she kind of like pulls, she pulls up like her left pant leg, and she slaps her, her <laughs> she slaps her calf, and it's like stone hard, like very, like very muscular. She's like, these things used to be jelly. A soldier's oh word will do that for you out you, on the field. You are a very unique creature. Um, she kind of like looks down. She just says, I don't know. Everybody else can like breathe underwater, and she like kind of like motions towards uh, um, uh, Angela, and she says, or doesn't need to sleep that much. Although maybe you should sleep some more. And she motions over towards Haleth. I uh, when she motions over to him, um, <laughs> I'll look at her and say, you know, if we don't make it to the city in time tonight, I can take watch. I don't need sleep. She kind of like looks at you and then she looks at Haleth and she says, we'll get there. All right, then. <laughs> um, you continue walking. Mm-hmm. Uh, does anybody else have any other conversations they'd like to have with anyone? I'm gonna... I, I think we've covered so much lovely little tiny interactions. I'm going to lean back over to her. This is the first nice human I've ever talked to. My family aside. Oh, yeah? Yeah. How's it feel? I don't trust this woman at all. (laughs) (laughs) I don't understand how you feel. So, God, I can't make myself hate her. It's a weird duality, isn't it? (sighs) The wanting to trust, but also being like, Because, like, you know that I'm very friendly with people, right? Yeah. But it's always like I'm going to instill trust in you until you prove me otherwise. Well, I hope she doesn't prove us otherwise. And what I'm saying is that we probably shouldn't tell her about the place because if people question her about it and she knows and they want information about who gave the information, there's no telling that they couldn't just do mind stuff. That's true. Because they did mind stuff on us. Not that we remember. (laughs) You continue on down the road and... You take some more time to talk to Angela, Haleth, and Akane. And as you do so, the day stretches on in the morning. And you continue. The LAS Podcast Network is an independent network of local creators based in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com. LAS.